You're listening to CounterTalks, Canada's podcast for the equipment and event rental industry. CounterTalks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Hi, everyone. Today we spoke with Chris Trotman from Finning Canada. Uh, he has a real depth of knowledge about uh, technology and construction machinery. Uh, and we got into a great discussion about uh, some of the most advanced uh, technology that's available today, uh, how it uh, might look going forward, uh, what the uptake is uh, in Canada and what the prospects are for that. But our really big focus was on how to attract um, and how it might help to attract a younger generation to the construction trades than, than, than we've seen before. Um, everybody's aware of the, the challenges and the concerns uh, about the aging workforce in uh, the Canadian construction industries and, uh, and uh, how we're going to replace uh, the baby boomers who are retiring uh, or even in some cases uh, attract them to stay on longer and, and keep them involved uh, to meet the gaps that are coming up. Uh, Chris sees a big uh, surge in infrastructure spending coming uh, to make up for COVID. Um, he also sees uh, the COVID uh, pandemic leading to some labor shortfalls as um, uh, people, some people retire earlier as governments pour money into projects and companies need more labor to meet those demands. Uh, great conversation with Chris. Uh, he had lots of interesting things to say. Uh, so without further ado, I bring you Chris Trotman from Finning Canada. All right, folks, we're here with Chris Trotman. He is the Regional Technology Manager for Finning Canada. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Regional. When I say Regional Technology Manager, I mean Alberta and Saskatchewan. So uh, Chris is coming out to us from uh, Edmonton, and uh, we'll, uh, I guess we'll hear a little bit about how things are going out there. Um, I guess, first of all, Chris, why don't you start us off by, we're, we're, we're going to talk today about uh, labor issues. I want to expand on some of the things that, uh, that we were talk that you talked about in your article that's uh, coming out in uh, October, uh, uh, Canadian Contractor. And uh, I wanted to uh, just get into a, a couple of different things, um, maybe expanding on some of the points you made in the, that article. But uh, anyways, why don't you start off, Chris, by telling us um, uh, about yourself and uh, uh, your background and uh, what you're doing for finning these days. Okay, sure. So I started off in the dirt industry when I was a summer student. I worked for one of the larger Edmonton-based earthworks contractors, started off as a laborer, ended up uh, shooting grades and staking out sites. I did that for about seven years. I have a bachelor's degree in business. I'm also a chartered accountant, so I've um, done various jobs in the industry ranging from shooting grades to project accounting for one of the larger Alberta and or Western Canada earthworks contractors. And then I found my way into this uh, role and it's been a really wonderful experience because in this position and in this department, we're at the cutting edge of infusing the earthworks industry with productivity technology. The earthworks uh, industry is a, is a wonderful industry, but it's uh, it's a laggard in terms of economic productivity, uh, 
especially compared to uh, here in Ontario, the manufacturing industry is much further ahead than the earthworks industry. So to close those productivity gaps, contractors are starting to adopt technology. Um, we're much further behind than Europe or even the United States. We're starting to see productivity technology used by larger in international and national earthworks contractors and also a small portion of tech savvy and innovative uh, regional and municipal contractors as well. Hmm. Yeah. That it's funny how, uh, how the, uh, the intersection of two uh, weird and disparate disciplines can uh, can get you into a career, isn't it? I I'm, I, I had I had uh, uh, journalism, and then I ended up selling machine tools for ten years, and uh, <laughs> that landed me into this whole trade magazine thing. And you're you're a chartered accountant who who somehow got involved in digging holes. So <laughs> absolutely, yeah. <laughs> or maybe it went the other way. I guess it went the other way around, didn't it? Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Well, and and you know, which brings us to, I mean what we I think wanted to talk about today a little bit was the intersection of uh, of technology and attracting um, younger people to the trades because you know I mean this, this is what's ever on everybody's mind right is is how do we uh, is, is how do we get that next generation in um, we've all seen the numbers about the the shortfall in uh, in skilled trades with uh, so many baby boomers retiring uh, it's uh, it's a big problem that nobody nobody really knows where the the, the next group is going to come from. And I, I thought you had a an interesting idea, frankly, in your article that that one way that companies can can attract uh, uh, possibly younger workers is is by investing in technology in the first place. I mean, I mean, there, you know, where 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 companies where younger people have this idea that you know they're they're, they're going to be digging a hole and it's 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 going to be dirty and messy and boring and and all of this kind of thing um there, there is an opportunity there with some of the like you say the really cutting edge uh stuff that's that's available now and and that's coming and becoming more accepted uh there's a chance there to really really stimulate people to uh to take another look at at the construction trades um but t tell us a bit more about that chris how how do you how do you think at how do you think companies can use technology to make themselves more appealing? Sure. Uh, just, just let me back up one minute and talk about the labor constraint a little bit more. It's actually yeah. my personal opinion that the labor constraint is going to be exacerbated by COVID. So, mm. I mean, with the health restrictions in place, it already is more difficult to source workers particular particularly for the geographically disparate uh, camp jobs it's really really hard uh, in alberta and in british columbia we have a lot of pipeline work that's remote um it's the, their camp jobs where workers are required to you know for instance work 10 days or 14 days and then have a few days off covid is putting additional pressure to source those workers mm. and then number two with the uh, baby boomers retiring, I, I think uh, I think that might have been sped up a little bit by COVID, and some of them. Uh, and this is just anecdotally; I, I don't have any data to support this. Mm -hmm. But I think that some of them that are in a pretty strong financial position are just choosing to to maybe exit the workforce one or two years early. Uh, number two, the second factor that's going to compound the labor constraint. Most uh, provincial governments, and as far as I uh, am estimating, the federal government is going to spend 
spend its way out of this uh, economic climate with infrastructure bills. In, in my province of Alberta, there's been a billion dollars of infrastructure spend earmarked for 2020. As soon as all those projects become shovel ready and construction starts, there is going to be a huge competition for workers. And, and we're going to see that right across Canada, in my opinion. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that, that that's 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 absolutely right, and 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 I I think um, I, I love your point. I love your point about the baby boomers. A lot a lot of people retiring early. A lot of people uh, uh, staying home. And yeah, the infrastructure spending is going to have to be huge. I, I I think right. I mean, certainly the feds have have signaled they want to throw, uh, you know, sort of even more money at the problem once the pandemic restrictions are are, are lifted. So. Yeah, it looks like it looks like there's there's going to be an even greater need than we thought, right? Absolutely. There's there's been some short-term pain right now with some project uncertainty. I mean, obviously projects that were already being executed and already on the books are proceeding. There's a little bit of uncertainty right now, but I think in the next 6 months, possibly even 3 to 6 months, there uh, is going to be a lot of activity in our industry and it's going to be even more difficult to attract the younger generation. So I, I do think technology is an incredibly important part of attracting and retaining the, the millennials, uh, Gen Z and, and younger generations into the workforce. As you mentioned, our industry has uh, you know, a challenging um, reputation in the eyes of individuals entering the workforce. It's, you know, thought of as being un, rather unsafe, um, having unpleasant working conditions. But it's also really cool when you get to see how productivity technology, semi-autonomous technology, remote technology matched with large earth-moving machines really, really turns the workplace into a really interesting and cool workplace. Not, not only do you get to construct interesting projects and you, you get to have that tangible aspect of work where you get to, at the end of the day, see what you've done. You also get to do it with cutting edge technology, 3D machine control, cat command. Yeah. I, I, I like some of the, some of the uh, videos I've seen even of, uh, of, uh, 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 excavators and uh and and i, th I think i saw some uh, i think i saw some rollers doing a, a very large area actually um th there was a whole uh field basically uh basically cleared off planed off um a couple of trenches dug and and it was all uh and then and then rolled rolled flat and compacted and it was uh this was some kind of a demonstration a couple of years ago for one of the trade shows uh, they they did a whole field and um might have been yeah, I can't remember the company, and um, they uh, it, it was all automated. Like like they did this whole thing driverless, right? And 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 somebody had had to set up that grid ahead of time and and basically plot that whole thing out. I mean, it was more of an engineering job than 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 what you consider a, a construction job. But that's that's the kind of thing, right? A young person could be into these days, uh, or or coming very soon. I mean, well. we'll We'll get into where the state of the uptake is on the technology in Canada, but but that that it's it's that that's the sort of thing that's coming, right? Yeah, absolutely. So so the fully autonomous core construction worksite. So so I'm 
core construction is road jobs, uh, pads, subgrades. That's a little bit off. We definitely, definitely have fully autonomous technology in the mining sector. Mm-hmm. That technology is coming to general construction. But right, right now we have uh, semi-autonomous machine control and we have remote operations as well. Yeah. So semi-autonomous machine control, you would uh, take a 3D design, which would have been created by an engineer, yeah. um, have a surveyor pre- perform some work to calibrate that design, upload it into the machine, and then ha- you still have an operator in the machine who's moving the machine around, uh, making sure it's working most efficiently in terms of cotton pills. But that uh, operator, if he chooses, can have the machine's 3D machine control system controlling the fine grading and also have uh, an Android tablet in this machine showing the design and how far the current plane is from the design. And we also have uh, remote, both line of sight. So uh, your, your kids, or my, my kids have remote control cars. We have that same technology now. We can have an operator standing close to a machine. Like for instance, if it's working in a hazardous environment, standing relatively close to the machine, still within line of sight, but controlling that machine with a console. Yeah. We also have, we also have uh, cat command centers. So we could set up a cat command center, you know, on site or remotely and have operators still controlling that machine, Hmm. but doing it from, you know, miles or thousands of kilometers away as well. Hmm. That, that the cat command center operations, I think is an interesting opportunity for companies to keep the baby boomers engaged who don't necessarily want to travel to disparate geographical locations anymore. And and may have uh, some some health concerns. I, I've talked to some baby boomers that j- they just don't want to get crawl in and out of the cab anymore. Right. The cat command center allows them to still operate machines and work in a comfortable work environment where they can you know hopefully work from home or or possibly even just travel a short distance from their home to that command center. Yeah, a lot of guys like to operate their breakers that way now too, right? So you're not, uh, you don't have the the flying shards and the dust all uh, all around you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 definitely that's definitely a better way to go if you can get a you get an automated one. How how much um how much can rental stores do with uh, with 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 this kind of tech? I mean, is is this something that basically a a contractor would have to own, or or is it possible to to have this stuff in your rental fleet and be, um, and be, well, for one thing, does Finning do that? Are, are you guys renting any of this yeah. stuff or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, we, we are. Yeah. We, um, so our, our rental machines will come, some of them wired up uh, with all the infrastructure required for the semi-autonomous 3d cat grade system. Okay. Uh, and then if a customer rents that machine and wants to use machine control, they could rent from our SciTech dealer the components or if they have their own components, they can just use their own components as well. Hmm. Awesome. Um, I guess that, I guess the question is we're rarely seeing uh, a lot of this. I, I mean, like you say in the mining sector, probably, probably more so and, and, and maybe on some very large projects, uh, you know, dams, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, you know, day-to-day, day-to-day construction operations, still very little uptake of a, of a lot of this stuff. 
Um, what, uh, uh, I guess, first of all, c- compare what you've seen elsewhere in the world. What, what are the Europeans doing, for instance? Uh, some, some parts of Europe are very progressive with technology. In Japan, for instance, the use of machine control is actually legis- legislated, so you can't undertake an earthworks project without having machine control. Um, in, in Europe, a lot of the large contracts that are coming out specifies that contractors have to use machine control, and we're actually starting to see that uh, in our territory in Western Canada as well. Some of the larger mine support contracts in Fort McMurray, some of the larger oil field earthworks contracts in northern Alberta, the project owner, the oil company is specifying you have to have machine control before you can bid on this. And I've even seen a contract where the contract owner stated not only do you need to have machine control, but you need three references proving you know how to use the machine control. You can't just have it. You have to actually know how to use it. So it's a large investment. It's it's disruptive because you have to add a couple of – you have to change your business processes. You have to add some functions, but it's incredibly impactful. Um, There's a lot of productivity studies out there. I've seen uh, productivity studies stating that next-gen cat grade is 100% machines with next-gen cat grade are 100% more productive than machines with no machine control and 50% more productive than machines without machine control. Anecdotally, I had a, a, we had a small contractor, not, not a big contractor in Edmonton, purchase a couple pieces of 3D machine control machines. And he told me he was able to complete projects with half the amount of equipment. So, wow. It's, uh, it's incredibly impactful once you start to use it. And that, that one contractor right now during the pandemic has been flat out because he's able to bid competitively and still execute and create positive cash flows from his projects from the use of machine control. So, so where, are those, is, where are those time savings come from? Is, 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 is that because the machine is running continuously without breaks? Is that because the machine is somehow faster? You still have an individual in the machine, but instead of having somebody get out and shoot grades and guess where grade is, the operator is able to see where grade is sitting in the machine. And having that spatial awareness is incredibly impactful. And when you engage the automatics, if I'm the world's worst operator, when I operate, I always turn the automatics on. When you turn the automatics on and have the machine perform that fine grading, there's no, there's very limited rework. Hmm. Yeah. And that would save just a ton of time. I can, I can imagine that for sure. Well, you can, and you can see, so um, how about, uh, how about the Americans? Are they, uh, are are they going pretty hard into this? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, they are. I I, I suppose I suppose they I suppose again bigger bigger projects or are we seeing anything filtering down to uh, to uh, I guess the the smaller sort of uh, uh, daily use or even the or even the rental store level. Ex- extremely high usage on large infrastructure projects, but also seeing that filter down to smaller projects as well. Mm-hmm. We we also have what's called two uh, D cat grade, mm-hmm. so. 2D cat grades great for just doing projects like digging a basement, um, a simple flat pad, 
where you don't have to have a pre-engineered design to load into that machine. And so, so the so the spatial awareness is is not the same. You don't have the same ability to sit in the cab and take a look at how far you are off design. But you can actually use the machine to shoot grades and stay within that grade. So there's uh, scalable technology offerings through Finning and Caterpillar for any type of job, and we are starting to see uh, pretty pretty explosive growth year over year but uh, still not widespread acceptance within the industry. It's my personal belief that's going to change in the next three to five years due to, uh, I think the labor force is going to start to demand it. Uh, as I mentioned before, I think it's going to be harder to attract the next generation without using machine control. And I also think that uh, project owners are going to start to demand it as well because of the inherent efficiencies I mean, why, why would you pay more for earthworks when you can ha demand that a contractor uses machine control and gets that project done faster with less capital and with less rework? Yeah, it, it, it'll, be, it'll be fun to see, uh, I guess, more demonstrations of this kind of stuff in front of, uh, in front of students or something so they, they, they get a good sense of, uh, of, what, uh, of what's out there and, and, and how this stuff is going to be done in the future. Um, they, I think, um, actually, I read a story a little while ago on uh, on Finning doing something in northern BC uh, with uh, that. That was just a general sort of promote the skilled trades thing um, that 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 was happening up there. But uh, yeah, you guys will have an opportunity to show that kind of uh, that kind of technology off at that sort of thing, right? You you mentioned yeah. you mentioned in your article um, uh, you mentioned in your article drones as well. Uh, what's uh, what's what's going on there and uh, and and how, how, how are they being used these days? So a couple, a couple different ways. Um, the most prevalent way is to, it's to enhance the work of a surveyor. So you uh, do a topo with a drone of a site. Um, you can do some volume analysis if, if you have, uh, if you compare a couple different flights, a couple different surfaces, take a look at uh, how many volumes, how much volume has moved. You can uh, take a design file, and then overlay a drone flight to see what part of the site needs cut, what part needs fill, how many cubes need to be moved. You can also use a drone to serve as a basis for machine file creation. So you could, uh, you could fly, let's say you have a site, you're building a big pad, all the trees have been cleared, and right now it's just original ground. You could take the drone, do a topo, get that OG, and then import it into Triple Business Center and render a design. Hmm. Awesome. So what, what, what technology is doing is uh, enhancing safety. So, you know, it's minus 40, winter's right around the corner. I don't want to go and shoot some grades on that stockpile. I don't think most people want to do that. Why don't we just fly it with the drone? Oh, and it's allowing surveyors and, and employees of contractors to focus on higher value work. Yeah, because on those on those cuts, that could be pretty that can be pretty treacherous out there. I've 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 been in a few log cuts, and you know that's that's broken ankle territory all over the place, which you know something about. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I'm sure that's I not, do I do. I'm sure, yeah. that's not how you did your Achilles, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's no, that's right. And I mean, I mean, again, it's 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 to the point of it's to the point of what you know, what young people think you're doing on a construction site versus, versus what's really going on these days. Right. I mean, I mean, 
you could you could end up flying a drone around and and doing some surveying work. I mean, it's it's a it's a lot different than than what the usual perception is. What do you think about? Um, yeah, when I yeah yeah go ahead. I was just yeah I was just gonna say when I when I first started out as a laborer in the industry in uh, 2001 as a summer student I started off shoveling and then I worked my way out way up to staking sites and painting grades and a lot of the times some of the work we were doing back then um, was uh, was unsafe nobody would do that today standing with ten inches of machines that that work uh, does not need to be performed by people anymore can be done by technology and allow people to do the higher level work. And, and you're right. Uh, just cause you entered construction doesn't mean you need to be outside in minus 40 with a shovel. You could be fly, flying a drone yeah. doing stockpile analysis. Yeah. 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 With any, with any, with any luck at all. Um, what do you think about AI? I, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of talk, well, certainly it's more on the industrial side, there's been uh, a lot of talk about the uses, and it's still down mostly to data management, data crunching, um, uh, predict f failure prediction, that kind of thing. Um, have you guys been playing with that much at all? Uh, do you see uh, do you see applications any any chance for uptake for that sort of technology? I, I do. I'm not sure which direction AI is going to go with respect to the heavy construction industry. Our technology providers, Caterpillar and Trimble, are definitely experimenting with AI. So with all the technology that we have in place right now, there's a lot of data points being collected. One of the challenges I hear from customers is what, what do I do with all this data? They're all all the customers that have adopted machine control are extremely pleased with the productivity gains that they're getting, but are looking to take technology to the next level. Uh, where I see AI infusing our industry with some more productivity gains um, is with production forecasting, uh, machine availability prediction, mm. uh, worker fatigue. Mm. Yeah. Uh, job site job site planning uh the most efficient uh haul routes and cycle times yeah it's a, it's a great planning tool isn't it it uh it really um it, it's that it's that process of being able to like every everything being sold now is loaded up with with sensors and telematics and 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 at least the capability to con collect the data that that an ai would need to be able to make a larger picture of, of if, if you're a rental guy, what your fleet is doing, if you're a contractor, what your workforce is doing. And, and that's, that's where AI becomes applicable is when you actually have the data, right? I right. mean, I mean that's, that's always been the limitation. Well, the limitation in the past was also that AI was too dumb. But I mean, it, 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 the limitation on AI is how much data you're able to give it. And, and so now we're, I think for the first time, kind of coming to the point where if, if you've got newer equipment, you're going to have the ability to collect that data and, and possibly do something interesting with it. Um, as far as, yeah, knowing when your machine's likely to break down, knowing how long that machine is going to, is going to be on a certain job site and, and, and when it's going to become available again, or if you're going to need something more. Pulling in the type of thing you're talking about with the drones, where you do some surveying and you and you get a better sense of what your volumes are, 
get a better sense of, 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 of what you're going to be up against. Um, and then, and then you're able to mitigate that with, uh, with, with an AI plan. I mean, that's pretty far out stuff, but I mean, Hey, if, you know, if, 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 if kids are looking to get at an interesting job in the industry, that, that kind of stuff is going to be available, especially at the bigger companies, right? Well, so some of it's already here, next yeah. generation Caterpillar excavators and articulated trucks have uh, industry leading base technology packages, including payload. So if you have your payload infrastructure activated, you can actually take a look at how much a certain excavator or loading tool is loading given a cycle. Uh, what is your payload for articulated truck and cat productivity is a really interesting analytics package that allows you to manage your cycle times. Hmm. So, so some of the, some of the, the power of technologies, it's not that far off. It's already here. Yeah. It's already, it's already starting to happen. That's right. So, what have you seen? I mean, I I I mentioned uh, I mentioned uh, uh, the one finning event that I that I had heard of. I know there's I know there's more going on. What, what do you think, Chris, needs to be done to 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 get these messages out to out to kids? What do you what What do you think is the uh, is is the best route to communicate to them that there's a, a good and really a good a well paying career in uh, in various uh, trades and construction industries. I, th I think some education needs to be done uh, in the school systems and mm -hmm. in high school to make students aware of the different career options out there um, and how those career options may be different uh, from what your parents thought of them or what society in general maybe thought 20 years ago. I think more engagement needs to take place with some of the trade schools, which we are doing and infusing some of those trade schools with technology and I, and social media is also great as well. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of progressive contractors that use social media to attract operators. So one uh, trend that we're seeing in heavy construction earthworks, the earthworks industry in general, is uh, em employment tends to be on a project by project basis. So it's not necessarily the same as 20 years ago where you'd have a job with contractor X and contractor X would have jobs for, you know, pretty steady or at least steady through the summer. That's, that certainly still is the case, but with the larger and larger infrastructure projects, we're starting to see a certain contractor, maybe from outside of the region is awarded the job, needs to hire a few hundred operators. That's a very challenging uh, proposition to undertake. How do you do it most efficiently? And social media is starting to be part of that answer. Yeah. And, and social media is particularly effective at uh, gaining awareness from millennials, Gen Z, and younger generations. Yeah, I've, I've talked to some people in, uh, in uh, uh, different industries actually who who are running companies in some fairly remote areas in some cases um, small rural areas and uh, and they've got surprising they've, they've had surprising success when, when they turn to social media to, to, to try to you know promote their business to, to young people let them know they're hiring you know that kind of thing uh, they get them coming in from the cities and uh, and, and it, it, it I just, I think for a certain generation, they find it hard to believe it works, <laughs> but it really does. 
It does. It does. And from uh, an employee, from an employee's perspective, it's uh, it's also really beneficial to use social media as well. I mean, right now there's a little bit of a, a pause in the earthworks industry, at least for some contractors due to project uh, availability and some projects being on pause. So if you're if you're out of work, it's great to have a robust social media network uh, to help you find work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One thing, um, you know, we, 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 we're, we're doing all this talk about automation and productivity increases. Um, one thing that could potentially enter the minds of, of, I wouldn't say it enters the minds of kids, but it probably, it might enter the minds of the adults who are there advising them. Um, is this, is this level of labor demand going to keep continue going forward? Right. I mean, if, 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 if all the, if all the bulldozers and ex- excavators and rollers and everything else become self-driving again, off in the future, uh, but uh, do, do they do they find do people find themselves out of a job down the road? What's what, what's your what's your perspective on that on the on sort of the future prospect of of automation and and labor supply? You see a do, do, which way do you go on that? Because you get both answers, right? You get some people saying well, it'll just be replaced by other jobs, you know, that 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 use the new technology, and then you've got other people saying, hey, we're entering a jobless future where everyone's going to have to be on a universal basic income and. <laughs> <laughs> there won't be any work for anybody. <laughs> what, where, where, where do you, where do you, where do you come down between so I, the streams? I guess. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely in the camp of uh, technology is not going to supplant jobs. It's going to just create new jobs. So my, my job, for example, and our whole department is new to finning. I've been at finning for three years and there was nobody in this position before I was hired into it. So, and if, let's say five or six years ago, I wouldn't have even guessed that this job would exist. Right. So the skill sets change. The more an individual is willing to learn and adapt, the better they are going to be poised for the future. But let's say in, in 10 years, uh, we're starting to see autonomous machines on large infrastructure project. There's still going to need to be somebody to, to, perform some work on site there's still going to need to be individuals required to set up infrastructure there's a network infrastructure communications infrastructure for those machines mm-hmm. there's still going to need to be mechanics to have to work on those machines and as good as technology is there's still going to need to be humans that are required to analyze the data and the analytics coming in and make proper decisions so are the jobs going to change? I, I personally believe the jobs will change. Mm-hmm. They have to change. They will become higher value jobs. That's right. my personal view. And uh, just taking a look at the Canadian demographics, the amount of people to replace the workers in our industry who will retire, uh, there's still a really large delta. It's, uh, it, it, this industry is going to have a lot of really interesting opportunities in the next five to 10 years. Cause it really is the Canadian industry really is still getting its feet wet with this. Right. I mean, I mean, there, there's, you know, I guess the thinking about, I, I don't know how much um, you're in Alberta and Saskatchewan most of the time. Um, yeah. So gotta be a lot of oil field work and, uh, and, and, and mining um, probably maybe some forestry too, I, I would think. Um, and, uh, and, and so you're seeing kind of, you're seeing a lot of kind of those bigger projects. 
what do you what do you think about um i'll tell you out here in ontario uh and uh and 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 in quebec again except on very large uh you know public works projects uh, uh a lot of the tech is indistinguishable from the 80s um the the uh that I, I mean not you know it's it's the the engine tech is certainly a lot better uh, but I mean, in terms of control technology, everybody's, you know, a lot of people are kind of doing things the old way. Um, is, um, what, I guess account, account for me, do, do you have a theory as to, as to, as to why the uptake in Canada has been a little slower, uh, than, uh, than maybe other parts of the world? Some of the other parts of the world have well they've mandated it larger, for one thing as you yeah, pointed out yeah that that that's one that's one way that it's happened larger populations with larger infrastructure projects right. demanding more productivity and have more economic pressure so you know right now the hs2 project in the uk which finning is involved with because finning is the cat dealer in the uk and ireland there's uh vast amounts of technology being used on that project it's the largest, I believe it's the largest earthworks project in the world right now. Still employs a lot of people, but there's all kinds of productivity technology ranging from cat grade, next gen cat grade 3D GNSS to uh, myfitting.com earthworks productivity, which is a, a boutique earthworks analytics suite that uh, allows for efficient project planning. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to see it here. I'm not sure if the government will ever mandate it, um, but the economic rationalization is already starting to drive it. Uh, so the, the contractors that are using machine control are getting larger and larger. They are bidding tighter on jobs, still making good money because of the, their use of machine control. And I, believe that that is going to drive consolidation within the earthworks industry and rationalization. And within a few years, we're going to have less small contractors and we're going to have more large, nimble productivity technology infused contractors. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and just in, in Alberta in particular, we are already starting to see that we're starting to see some regional players getting larger and larger. And they're not just working in their own backyard, which they might have done 20 or 30 years ago. They think nothing of taking a project a few hours away from home, mobbing in, and still making good money because of their 3D cap grade technology. I, I think that's I think that's an incredible point. Um, the 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 trend, and we're seeing it on the rental side too. And I'm sure you guys are seeing it on your rental side. The, the, the trend is absolutely towards uh, uh, larger areas, larger companies, more consolidated larger companies, um, covering larger areas and being very nimble, very responsive in, in, in the logistics of getting that equipment uh, around to the other places. The, 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 whole local, the whole local and regional thing is, well, I'm not going to say it's breaking down. Companies still tend to stay within you know, a certain radius but uh but it's 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 expanding for sure right and 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 taking on different kinds of jobs and having to have different kinds of stuff ready to go all the time that information yeah, and you're starting is critical yeah you're starting to see more specialization so you're starting to mm -hmm. see some contractors perform uh, a specific job really well take those 
jobs on remotely further away from their home operating base. Um, there's definitely more capital discipline right now. Capital doesn't flow as freely as it did, you know, 20 or 30 years ago when quote unquote times were good. There still is money to be made right now, but the companies that we are seeing doing very well are very progressive with technology and willing to expand beyond their geographical operating base. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, I think, I think everybody's going to have to find a, uh, uh, ways to gain efficiencies on on deploying the machinery and uh, and 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 getting the getting the most out of it because uh, that's uh, probably probably the wave of the future. Um, I, I don't think uh, I don't think having uh, you know a couple of machines over here and a couple of machines over there and letting them sit half the time is is going to be able to work anymore uh, for anybody really. No, it never not. did. It never did work well, but it, it you used to be able to get away with yeah. it. more. <laughs> yeah. And um, furthermore, I, I think with uh, the consolidation within the earthworks contractors mm-hmm. and the uh, further and more geographically disparate projects, these large contractors take on, I think you're going to see a growth in remote operations so that the cat command center being set up by the contractor's office, you know, let's say in Edmonton, the operator lives in Edmonton, doesn't have to commute to those remote locations. So that's nicer for the operator. Uh, he's, he or she is able to have a better quality of life and sleep at home every single night, but it goes into work and might operate, you know, three or four different pieces in a given day at uh, maybe a job in BC, a job in Alberta, a job in Saskatchewan, and maybe a job in the territories. So there, there still will be some requirements for on-site staff, but with uh, CAT command centers, that footprint will be reduced. So there's efficiency there for the contractor because the contractor doesn't have to put the operator up in a hotel and provide a living allowance. Mm-hmm. There's definitely capital savings there, operating cost savings. And you're also going to have enhanced ability to attract and retain operators because they will not have to travel. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. They're going to be, they're going to be happier generally. And I know the travel is a, yeah, travel's a grind, uh, uh, especially when it's travel to remote areas and you're stuck in some very crappy hotel, if you're lucky. Uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's or 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 a or a or a, a cabin, yeah. So yeah. that's uh, yeah. No, it's that that th- those are good points. That's th- those are going to be big selling points for companies going down the road. Well, listen, Chris, I've kept you for uh, I've kept you for a good while here. Uh, anything else you wanted to to touch on before we go? No. Uh, if anybody wants to learn more about Cat Next Gen Cat Grade or Cat Command, yeah. please reach out to your local cat dealer. Which yeah, would, uh, in Canada, be Tormund or Finney. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Chris, th- thanks so much. Uh, uh, really interesting talk. Uh, I think there's uh, lots here for people to chew on as far as uh, thinking about technology in the construction industry and uh, and and bringing in some uh, some younger people and trying to get that next generation involved. Um, listen, thank thanks again for your time today, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully get you back one of these days when there's uh, something new to talk about. Thank you very much. All right, thanks. Thanks for joining us for Counter Talks. You can find Counter Talks episodes online at CanadianRentalService.com or on the major podcasting services. 
Counter Talks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine.